You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. And welcome to the Health Hub. My name is Kathy Biasse, and along with Alex Diaz, our producer, we welcome you to the show today. How are you, Alex? I'm very excited to be back live with you today. Yes, last week was a recorded show. I hope everyone enjoyed it. It was on bees, and uh, I know I loved recording it, and I hopefully um, we've had some good response. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it. Yes, um, in fact, I believe the bees program in particular, in fact, all your programs will be available online so that. If you did miss it, listeners, you can always visit the on-demand page on our website for Kathy's program, the awesome. Health Hub. The Health Hub. And are, you're, are we up on a podcast yet, Alex? Yes, we're available through iTunes. So people awesome. can subscribe to Radio Maria Canada and get all our programs that we that we produce here at the station. Awesome. That's great. So that's it's not just my show. It's all the shows here. So we have a great lineup of shows here at Radio Maria. So no excuse for you to miss anything that you really want to hear. We're... We're everywhere. We're everywhere. And we're live today, like I said. So you can call in at 416-245-1534, or you can tweet at Kathy underscore Biasse. And if there is anything that you would like to talk to us about or any information um, from today's show or any other show that you'd like uh, to hear from us, you can email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. And do check out our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Instagram is um, what is our Instagram at the Health Hub RMC, and we have a Facebook page. I'm working here with my glasses off, so I, <laughs> I'm at that stage where if I have my contacts in, I can't see things close, and if I have them out, I can't say, see things far. So, um, holding pages up and so forth to read things is it's okay, Kathy. You're pulling it off. Uh, no I know, worry. and I'm tired. We didn't get. <laughs> I got in yesterday at three yeah. thirty in the morning. Yeah, so you, you were in California, I believe, right? I was in yeah. California, and I'm not complaining. Believe me, I'm not complaining. It was a wonderful trip. It was a little chilly, actually. We started off in uh, San Francisco, and I did look ahead for the weather, and it said 80, and it was not 80. And uh, I, I was quite cold. I didn't. I only took a hoodie, and here you guys were sweating it out, and I was um, chilly in California, so go figure that yeah. one. All the summer was when I was away. It was something to, um, to really hold on to because you know what's coming, right? Yeah. But uh, it was really hot. For sure. Yeah, and and I was afraid I was going to walk out of the airport and it'd be like winter here in Canada. But it was actually nice. It was a nice three uh, thirty in the morning. But um, yeah, my, I was in contact with my kids. We closed our pool. <laughs> we closed our pool before we left. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that that timing wasn't great. But uh, they they were saying how deathly hot it was, and I actually had to uh, put on a few layers because I was quite chilly. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we had beautiful weather. Uh, saw some amazing things. I posted lots of pictures on my personal and my my uh, my personal Facebook page, but whales and seals, and it was just just everything I hoped it would be. But I'm very happy to be home. I'm not a very good sleeper uh, when I'm in hotels, so I'm catching up on my sleep now. It'll be a week before I'm back to normal with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a good hotel person at all. At I think all. it takes me a couple nights too to get used to the room for sure. Yeah, no, I never get used, to, and we moved around a lot, so I was in six different hotels. So it was. That doesn't help. But. Not at all. And living out of a suitcase. But again, I'm not complaining. It was great. But today's show is is um, going to be a, a very interesting one. I, I work with my daughter on this. I talk to her all about things. So hopefully she will uh, she won't be tuning in right now because she's in school. But uh, hopefully we'll we'll get her to listen to the show. But she's still at that oh mom please stage. But we're talking about posture today. And you know we've all heard the old adage. You know mom said walk straight. Well we're going to find out why. You should walk straight, why posture is important, and we're going to get some tips on how to improve our posture. We have with us today Dr. Raphael Bagheri, and he received his Bachelor of Health Sciences from the University of Western Ontario. 
Now, he likes to be called Dr. Raff, which is great for me. Less syllables, the better today. And uh, so he likes to be referred to Dr. Raff. And he went on to, um, after graduating from the Western School of, let's try that again, University of Western Ontario, to the, he attended the prestigious Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College in Toronto, graduating with his Doctor of Chiropractic in 2006. Dr. Raff has spent the last decade working alongside physicians and other healthcare professionals in numerous multidisciplinary settings. He utilizes different treatment approaches such as spinal manipulation, muscle release techniques, and other modalities to create a personalized individual care. In 2000, January of 2017, Dr. Raff received three best rated, the title of the, one of the three best rated certificate excellence for the top three chiropractors in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Dr. Raff is a corporate wellness speaker and creator of Logical Health Talk series, which we will find out about as well in our conversation with him. So we will return after our break and talk to Dr. Raff about posture. Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to be talking with Dr. Raff, our chiropractor and specialist in posture. Good morning, Dr. Raff. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank awesome. you for having me. Very, we're very happy to have you. You sound fantastic. So let's, let's get into, yeah, I'm going to ask a very simple, simple question. What is posture? Posture, you know what, at the end of the day, just has to be what I, what I consider has to be efficient and it has to be natural. If you're forcing something to get into proper alignment, that in itself, I don't think is proper posture. So the most important thing when I assess a person's posture is 
does the person look normal as what we're supposed to be? And is the position efficient? So efficiency is very important when it comes to the concept of posture. So normal can be different for everybody, I'm assuming? Absolutely, right? Everyone has different heights, different weights. Uh, there isn't one single ideal, you know, that we are supposed to be because we're all different as human beings. So every single person can, in theory, have an ideal different posture. So it really depends on the person. So, so what would you, what would you consider a good? You you look at uh, five people standing in line. What would you consider to be good posture or good alignment? So the human spine, from if you look at a person from a front to back view, you want to see basically symmetry in terms of, you know, their, their knees are the same level, their pelvis is balanced, their shoulders are about the same left to right. And from a side view, our spine basically has three curves. So there's a, a C-shaped curve in our neck, a reverse C in our middle back, and another C-shaped curve in our low back. Anything we do from sitting to walking to sleeping, these curvatures must be encouraged. So the best example I can give you is we've all been told to have lumbar support as an example, in our chair. Right. And the reason that is because the lumbar support encourages the natural C-shaped lumbar curve that is very important for a healthy spine. So when we're looking at a person's posture or assessing a person's posture, we see, first of all, when we look at them straight on, do they seem level? And if not, what is the reason for that misalignment? And when we look at them from a side position, again, we're looking for symmetry balance and asymmetry can be caused from a lot of things. So the whole idea is to identify what is causing that deficiency. And when it comes to posture, most of the time, it's just bad habits. You know, no one wakes up and, you know, has bad posture. Uh, posture is the product of bad habits over time. So teaching people to simply break these ha- bad habits goes a long way in, in changing that posture. Can you give me a few examples of what you, as, as you're talking, I'm trying to sit straight here. Um, can you give okay. me, <laughs> can you give me some examples of, of um, like how, how you can have bad habits that forces your alignment out? And is this over years or is it over, you know, is it something that, you know, mom laying baby down wrong has started with? Well, or? You know, I, there's, a, there's a condition now, it's something called text neck. Text neck is the diagnosis that healthcare professionals give to individuals because their head is in a severe forward position. And we live in a time and age where every free chance we get, and I'm guilty of this myself, is we're looking down on our phone, we're checking our emails, we're texting, we're WhatsApping, we're listening to music. So that's an example of a time, time change and demand change where people's posture over time changes because of what they're doing. From another way of looking at it, we're sitting in our chairs, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And a lot of times when life gets busy, we forget that we need to move around. And we, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, oh my God, I just sat down for six hours straight as an example. So these, these habits naturally and slowly change the way our body's supposed to be. And that's why it's very difficult when a person wants to correct their own postures because you know, 30, 40 hours a week, they're texting, they're looking down, they're reading in bed when they're not supposed to be, they're not sitting properly in their chair. And then all of a sudden, someone says, hey, stand up straight, sit up straight. And now you're asking your body to go into a position that it's unfamiliar with, because it hasn't been upright so long. So really posture, I always tell people, you can fix your own posture, but you need to be able to get that mental block, be aware that your posture is in a bad position. And initially get over the pain because, like I said, you're, you've trained your body to have that posture, and now you must untrain that that formula to get back to where you're supposed to be. Would you say that posture starts from the top down or the bottom up, or it can be a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. We always we always I always look from the from the bottom up. I think if you have uh, issues with your feet, um, definitely that's that's your base. So I always assess the person from the bottom up, but a person in theory could have really good symmetry from starting from your feet and your ankles and your knees and your hips. And they just simply have an issue where they've been looking down so much and their main postural concern is in the neck area. But anytime there is a deviation from ideal by definition, that is a postural issue. I'm just, I'm just thinking back over, I always refer back to my kids because they're my greatest point of reference. You know, I had sure. one child who, whose ankles always turned in. 
Okay. And that was a structural thing. Uh, you shouldn't say structural thing. I'm, I'm going to assume it was sort of a, a muscle weakness sort of sure. idea. Okay. And I have another do- uh, child, my daughter, who definitely is curved up at the top. And I don't think okay. there's an, an ankle issue. So um, I'm wondering if, if you, you know, like for my son who had, it, it wasn't it wasn't really bad habit, if you can talk about like ankles turning in. Is that a sure. musculature thing that can be corrected? Well, it's funny you say that. It's because my, my, my left ankle actually rolls in considerably and my right ankle is perfectly neutral. So I wear orthotics. You know, orthotics are something that uh, are custom made for the individual. And basically, when, a, when an ankle is rolling, and that's called overpronation. So if a person, we, when we walk, when we stand, we should have a, a normal deviation in, in overpronating or rolling in or underpronating rolling out. So in this case, I'm constantly rolling in. So what the orthotics does, um, now, you don't wear orthotic in one shoe. I wear them in both shoes. But the left one specifically, there's a little bit of an extra arch to minimize that rolling motion. So right. having so flat arches and so forth can be an issue from bottom-up posture. 100%. 100%. A lot of people have, uh, have flat feet or what's called pes planus. And people who work in environments where they're standing a lot, um, I'll give you the best example. Last Friday, I, I gave five hours straight worth of corporate talks. That was something I've never done before. And by the end of the day, I was absolutely fried and done. So I always encourage people, if you want a good posture, the, the best way to start is is to wear proper shoes. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not aligned from the bottom, it's going to make everything else a lot more difficult. What do you recommend um, new babies wear? Like not new babies, but babies starting to walk. I've had, you know, when I, again, back to my kids, when I was, you know, putting uh, shoes on my, my kids at that time, okay. I was recommended with those white high boots so that they pr- develop a good arch. And now I think it's come full circle where it's best if they walk in their bare feet. So it, it's a confusing issue. Um, when you say baby, do you mean like like an actual baby? Like under what what age specifically were you thinking? Like under four, under three? A baby starting about? to walk. You know, baby just. Oh, take, baby starting to walk. Yeah. Honestly, um, the best person to ask that question is their pediatrician. But okay. I always say I always like to. I don't encourage putting. Um, I, I like with the bare signs. I, I think mm-hmm. if a person is barefooted, it's actually better initially. Um, and then once they, I think once they reach about seven, eight years old you really can assess how their foot is forming because you can't change. You can't give someone an arch. You can't, you can't uh, change the way they're going to be. You can only assist uh, what nature has given them in a sense. So I don't want to interfere with nature initially. So with, when it comes to newborns and babies and things like that, when when they, when they start walking and a parent says, should I get them orthotics or should I change the way I say, no, let's let them walk on their feet. And then uh, we'll, we'll reassess basically every year and see how it goes. Now, so you have to work individually with everybody because it could start at any any point in the body structure. But why is having good posture important? You know, we think when, when I'm giving actually a posture talk after this, this radio show, mm-hmm. good, good posture is equated a lot of times with confidence. You know, they say, you know, as human beings, 80% of communication is nonverbal, 10 to 20% is verbal. So if you have, if you're more upright, I guess in theory, you can say you're more confident. You definitely are. You look better, I believe. But people don't think about, you know, bad posture uh, impacts your your energy levels. We never think about that. It affects your respiratory rate. Uh, it it amplifies and accelerates things like arthritis, which is a condition which plagues so many people. And if you live long enough, everyone's going to get it. So it's just more than, you know, just looking better and feeling better. It, it actually does, physio- it has physiological and anatomical implications as well. What, well, why is that? Is it because you're compacting your body or is it you're misaligning or why is that? So, you know, a really good uh, example I can give is I, I changed my tires. Actually, my friend, you know, I was going through this cheap phase, as I call it. I said, buy me some cheap tires. So he went on Craigslist. He bought me some tires. I was like, you know what? Just mount them on for me. And I gave him like 900 bucks, and the tires looked decent. And after a month and a half, the, the tire thread was gone. And upon further examination, again, this is my fault, I realized the front tires were, uh, in good year, the back tires were Michelin. And my tires were also staggered, meaning the back tires, are bigger and they should be in the back. So somehow 
my best friend managed to put those tires in the front. So there's a huge misalignment issue. That's what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. So anytime there is a misalignment, yes, the ship still moves on. The car still drives. I was driving the car every there, everywhere. But when there is a misalignment like that, the rate of decay amplifies a- a- like astronomically. So that's why after a month and a half, all the thread was gone. So if we have bad posture, yes, we're still going to be able to move. Yes, we're still going to function. But very, very, very slowly, because of the pressure on the joints, because they're not in their ideal position, the wear and tear almost increases by 300%. Really? Well, uh, okay. Then getting back to wear and tear on joints, when a person goes to exercise and you're trying to encourage posture, are there exercises that you have people stay away from if their posture isn't good? You know, that, that is again, case by case. If a person, I, I always believe that, you know, people are afraid of exercise because what, for whatever reason, exercise is critical. Um, actually, my favorite quotation is uh, exercise should be a celebration of how your body moves, not a punishment for what you eat. That's my, that's oh, my quotation of the day. I love it. I think it's beautiful. But I think when it comes to uh, posture, we assess the person because everyone has different limitations. So as an example, I have ruptured my disc in my low back. So there's certain exercises that I cannot do in the gym. Because if I do them, there will be consequences, if not immediately, but later. Okay. Right? As a general rule, if a person says, well, what activity should I do? I encourage movement because good posture should, should also be transitory, meaning if you're slouching on your chair and someone says, get up quickly, it's going to be a, a lot harder to move as opposed to if you're sitting upright and you're sitting proper. So I have to interject. Rule- Alex just stood up like or sat up like a post yes, as soon as you said that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so easy to do. We're all, we're all guilty of this, right? So as a, as a general rule, I say if there's one, one activity that I can gener- generally prescribe for everyone, I'm going to recommend swimming because swimming encourages movement. Uh, there is resistance, which we need, and it's a lot easier and better on our joints. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but again, you have to assess the person on a case-by-case scenario. I guess the most obvious, um, when you're looking at someone and trying to, you know, looking at their posture, the most obvious is the, sh- the, sh- the shoulders that are sort of forward. Um, okay. And, you know, I, I have that myself. I don't, I don't know if it's if it's, if it's bad posture and I don't know if it's because I'm not 20 anymore. And as you get older, uh, is it a muscle deterioration or is it, you know, is it a lot or is it laziness? Like, do you always have to be working on your posture or, and how can we alleviate that as we get older, that sort of gradual slouching over? So it, you know, it's, it's one of the commonly accepted things is as we age, kind of like our bodies tend to shut down in some shape or form. That's why I say we have to work even harder tomorrow than we did today to to maintain our health. It's not a lazy thing because I definitely know you're not lazy, and it's not an age thing because it's. I don't believe in people are getting old. You're only as old as you feel and move. So it's really I strongly believe it's just a product of our habits that we're doing. Mm-hmm. If a person wants better posture tomorrow, there's things they can do today to have a better posture. They just need to be aware of it. A lot of times there's tightness. It's not necessarily, you know, muscles are getting weaker. It's just that muscles are getting tight because of the position that they are in. And over time, that position becomes natural and normal to the body. Mm-hmm. So undoing that feels very uncomfortable. It's like you go to the gym that first week. And it's painful and you hate it and you're like, well, I look the same after seven days of torture. I'm not going to do this anymore. So a lot of times, and I'm going to do this in this talk right now, I get people, I say, can everyone sit properly for me? And everyone sits up properly for a second. And I say, now go back to sitting comfortable. And then everybody slouches down to the way they're not actually supposed to be. But their body believes that is the ideal because over time, that's what they train their body to feel. So it's really all about being aware of it. Well... Just before we go to break, um, you know, I was doing that as you were talking about it, and, and sitting up straight requires effort. And should it require yeah. effort? No, it shouldn't require effort. It, you know, it, it requires effort is because your body um, has forgotten what it feels. It feels actually better to be upright. But because we've, again, trained ourselves to do the opposite, going to that ideal position, but again, within weeks, you can create a scenario where when you sit upright, you're actually like, wow, this actually feels much better. So it's just, it's just the pattern, a habit 
that needs to be worked on and broken. And once you do that, you you will definitely feel much better. Okay, when we come back from break, I'm going to ask you to give us some of your tips for um, improving posture at home. And uh, then you're going to talk to us about when it's time to get a professional uh, into the act. So after break, we'll talk about those, uh, those important aspects of good posture. We'll be right back. Awesome.
are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. You can also tweet at us at Kathy underscore Biasi. We have a couple of questions lined up that I will get to. And you can email us if you would like further information on this show or any other show at thh at radiomaria.ca. Okay, Dr. Raff, we have some uh, some important things to get to, so I don't want to delay any longer. All right, um, let's do this. Let's do this. Stress. Okay, because I'm talking from my, my own personal experience alone. I often find that when I get under pressure or a little anxious, my shoulders feel like they're around my ears, and I actually have to relax you know, in my mind, force my body to relax. Is stress a big part of bad posture? Uh, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I actually experienced the same thing. I think, um, another thing that I was, I was watching this video and the speaker was saying that, uh, one thing that he, one skill that he utilizes is that whenever he gets really stressed and it feels like he's just crumbling into a ball, he lets go of his tension and he sets his intention. So I think life is so chaotic at times. And we need to literally stop, and I still do this every day, and I'm sure you practice it as well. And I, I just say it out loud. I say, it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be fantastic. That's exactly what I did before the stock show, actually. Mm-hmm. And I take a deep breath in, I hold it for a few seconds, and I slowly exhale, and when I do that, I feel like it relaxes my entire body. So I think stress and posture, they, you can always, you can tell who's stressed by their body position a lot of times. And the, uh, one of my best friends, when he gets stressed, he literally looks like his head is going into his body like a turtle. So I say, yeah, you know, you just need to calm down and breathe. So absolutely, stress is very, very uh, important and uh, relatable to this topic. So then that that is uh, that is something that people can actually work on at home um, is, is, is sort of the relaxing part of the stress aspect of posture. And the breathing technique that you gave was was fantastic for that. Now, what about Absolutely. the neck pushing forward? You know, when shoulders are up and the neck is forward, is that, you know, is that part and parcel of the shoulders being up or is it, is it again, another issue with our head being down all the time or is it weak muscles in our neck that we can correct? I see that often. I think a lot of times, most of the time, again, you can't say absolutes, most of the time is the result of us looking down from just from reading and texting and just, uh, you know, as parents, you know, you're, you have little ones, you're, you're also looking down. So life is saying just look down all the time. But there's also other factors in place, such as, you know, you have tight pectoral muscles, uh, you have uh, tight upper, upper trap and levator muscles. So there's, a, there's a lot of weakness and tightness that, that comes with the practice of uh, the habits that have created that bad posture. So it's kind of like a combination of things. So it's a, a give and a take. Is re- so, I'm sorry? A give and a take, a tightening and a, a loosening. A take, right, yeah. Exactly. Like a healthcare professional is there to really assess what is the underlying cause of your, you know, postural habits and just give you the recommendations just to undo that. So can you give us a few exercises that people are listening, the people who are listening now, they can walk through their day just to try and improve posture as best they can at home? Sure. So one thing I always preach is um, get up every 20 minutes from whatever you're doing. Now that may seem chaotic in a corporate world, but every 20 minutes, get up and reach for the ceiling, smile to the person left and right if they're looking at you funny, it doesn't matter, because when you do that, your whole body relaxes and it changes the physiology of your, of your body. Secondly, we sit a lot at poor desks. Make sure your, your environment, your working environment is ergonomically proper. So make sure that you know, your feet are touching, your elbows are parallel with the table that you're working on, your knees are at 90 degrees, your chair doesn't actually have to be 90 degrees. It could be anywhere from 110 to 120 degrees, as long as, you know, it feels proper. So that's an example of things that you could change in your immediate environment to, that has lasting effects if you continuously do that. So no crossing your feet or your legs? Ideally, no. It's, it's mm-hmm. a habit that a lot of people do. That puts a lot of pressure on your hips. Actually, out of patients, that is, is it detrimental. I think it's not detrimental uh, but if you can break that habit, um, it's, a, it's a more ideal position for your, for your spine and for your low back and your hips. So if you can do that, that's absolutely recommended. 
Now, injuries also can wreak havoc on posture. You hurt a knee or you break a leg or you're in a cast for a while. And one aspect of your body compensates for the other. Um, And and a lot, you know, most people at one point in time or another have some sort of an injury. And when it hits, you know, below the waist, um, I had this a personal experience. It really just threw everything off. And that that's posture, that's alignment. And that's not something that I could have corrected on my own. And, you know, it went down to I had several therapists. Um, I had a physiotherapist. I also had someone who was actually working with my foot because I lost all the muscles in my foot. So where do you where's the break point between someone who can maybe work at home and try and correct their posture? You know, I think of the adage of the person walking around with the book on the top of their head. Um, and then, and the line where, you know, you really should seek someone like yourself for help. Well, I, I always say that, um, when it comes to posture, nine, nine out of 10 people, I think can correct their own posture. But again, it's, it's time. It's like, you know, you can use, you can think of the best athletes in the world. They know what they're doing, but they still have coaches. The coach is there to push you, to get you to, to, to that point where you, really are peaking at what you're you know, capable of doing. So nine out of 10 people can fix their own posture, but life doesn't want you to do that because life is so chaotic and everything in life kind of encourages the opposite. So I always encourage everyone to get their posture assessed because when a person comes into our clinic, I say, you know what, I want to get a computerized postural assessment to know how bad I am. I always say, listen, there's no such thing as bad. There's only such thing as something getting better. Because, you know, I preach about this topic, but I'm, I'm not immune from these, um, from these bad habits as well. So everyone is exposed to these things. It's just the most important thing is being aware of it. Now, if you have an actual, like in your case, you had, you had your, it seems to be like some atrophy in the muscle, some injury, therapy, because people say, well, maybe it'll get better on its own, right? Mm-hmm. What therapy is designed to do is to give you back day. It's designed to get you there faster, if a, if a healthcare professional assesses your posture, guaranteed your results are going to be better because they're, they're viewing it from a different lens. So that is, that's, that's my recommendation in terms of um, posture in that sense. Okay. I had someone ask a question. Does it matter the type of pillow? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with yes on that because, you know, there are days when you it's just actually just coming from my trip, the different pillows that I had, um, you know, I'd wake up, my neck would be sore. So when you go to sleep, uh, does the sleep part of our life in any way contribute to good or bad posture? 100%. 100%. So the, the mattress we sleep on, the pillow we sleep on, has to be conducive to the natural curvatures of our spine. Now, some people are back sleepers and, and side sleepers. You don't know, Kathy, how many times I hear a patient was like, now in, in this case, it's the opposite. They say they'll go to a hotel and they're actually sleeping better. Oh, no, not so, me, man. Yeah, so it, that that basically tells me there's something in their environment. It could be their mattress, it could be their pillow that their body doesn't like. Now, people say, well, Raph, what's a good pillow? And the, the simple answer is a great pillow is one that you sleep on well. If you can sleep on the hard floor and you sleep like a baby, now most people can't do that. But if you can do that, then that's fine because that's, that's how your biology, physiology, anatomy works with. But generally... You shouldn't. A lot of people fight with their pillows at nighttime. They're, they're, they're like, "Here we go again, another night. Let's get this over with." You should put your head down. You should feel support, and that's it. If you have any other feelings aside from that, you must. I emphasize, must invest in your pillow. Now, do you? If I lie on my shoulder, it's a different feeling with my pillow than if I lie on my back. So, do you recommend that a, a certain posture, a certain sleeping um, front, back, side? Position, I think, is the word I'm looking for. So the thing is, we, I don't want to. I never want to change a person's natural sleeping habits because the person can have perfect posture, and they're like, you know what, I'm not sleeping at all. Thank you so much. So I say, you know what, let's, the most important thing is let's get you to sleep well. But you should have a pillow that, if because most people are not, you know, stationary logs, they will move around and shift around in their sleep. So one pillow that I, you know, over the course of uh, 11 years that seems to be very popular with my patients. Now, I wouldn't never recommend sleeping on a water bed because that's just really bad. But the water pillow is very popular. I actually sleep on one myself. So it's good because some people like thinner pillows and some people like 
thicker pillows. So instead of sleeping on two pillows, I say, you know, get rid of the two unless you have like acid reflux or something. Just get this water pillow, put as much water as you want. And the good thing with the water pillow is that it moves with you, whether you're a side sleeper or a back sleeper. And for the most part, I can say in 11 years, maybe one or two people didn't like it. And now those people were my brother and my dad. So <laughs> I kind of like to hate that stat. Now, why not a waterbed? Waterbed, you know, I, I, it's just, it's awful for the curvatures of your low back. It's just, okay. uh, it puts you, when, if, you're a, if you're a back sleeper, it puts you in a forward flex position. Uh, if you're a side sleeper, it's, it's putting pressure from the, uh, on the lumbar spine from the side. I honestly don't know how anyone can sleep on them. Okay. I'm sure there are people that love them. I remember, I remember the commercials for Big Sur waterbeds, mm-hmm. but moderate to firm is the way to go moderate to firm and if you're going to for example sleep country i see people i was there three weeks ago this this lady jumped on the bed and literally jumped off it's like yeah this is good i'll take it i say no you know lie down on it for like five minutes now it might seem like an eternity when you're when you're in the store but lie down on it see how your back likes it lie on your back lie on your side get a feel for the mattress i actually think sleep country and i could be wrong about this i think i heard it on the radio They'll let you take the mattress first. I don't even know how long. 30 I think days? 60 days. 60 days? I, I think so, which is really great. It you is. Know? It's really good. But at least, like, don't be that person who's, like, literally, my mom is that person. It's like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, mom, just lie, lie down on it. Like, see if you like it, if your body likes it. Yeah, it's embarrassing in the middle of a store to try and lie down on a I bed. I know, though. but it's your back. <laughs> you know, it's your back, and that's what they're there for. You're there to lie down. It's okay. Uh, this is where men and women are very, very different. <laughs> Potentially, now, yes, I can agree. I was, uh, in my younger days, I, I used to go to the chiropractor two or three times a week. And I remember it so, so distinctly. It was cracked my spine up and down and my neck was twisted. The first time he did it, I I, I wasn't sure if I should move. Um, okay. And I, I know from taking uh, one of my children to a chiropractor, she played soccer and... Um, had lots of trouble with her legs because she was very, she leaned forward quite a bit. So her legs were very tight. And when I took her to the chiropractor, he didn't do anything like I remember chiropractic uh, practices to be. So it's come a long way from what I've gathered. And, and are, are you no longer doing those big manipulations? She had some pillows that were put under her. It seemed much more gentle Sure. So to, to answer your question, you know, the, the reality is if you go to three different chiropractic clinics, the possibility is you might get three different styles of treatments. So as chiropractors, we're, we're trained, we're given a, a bag of tools, and we kind of decide how we want to implement those tools. So what I always tell my patients is that, you know, when they say, you know, I've had this before, the first thing I ask is, what have you previously had? And what works for you as a person? Because um, every person would not benefit, per se, from an adjustment. So in our clinics, uh, and we have patients where I had a patient yesterday come in, and the way they presented, the only thing that, that was suitable for them on this day was just to do some muscle work, do some a little bit of tense therapy and some heat, because if we adjusted them, uh, it could have caused them some discomfort. So I'm, a stig- I'm still a huge believer of spinal manipulation. I think it's, it's amazing, incredible for, for certain conditions, but depending on the clinic, uh, the focus could range from just adjustments or uh, it's more of a, a, a multi-angled approach where because I used to be an athlete and I've had a lot of injuries, um, I preferred you know that kind of approach where I got a little bit of muscle work done um, in conjunction with the, with the uh, spinal manipulation as well. Is there so any- that, it's not that it's out, but it's, it's, it depends on the clinic. Is there any danger in a spinal or you know the neck twist? Is there any danger to that? Because that was at one point, I think you got a bit of bad press as a as a as a group of doctors that it could be an unsafe practice. You know what? Honestly, I always say this: any any kind of condition, um, any situation, any in any scenario could be dangerous in a sense. Uh, in our clinic, if a person is not comfortable with spinal manipulation of the neck, it's simple: we don't do it. Statistically, statistically, it's very very safe. But the most important, the most important thing is that the patient fully understands the process, and they are fully comfortable with whatever we're doing. There's a lot of things a chiropractor can do for your neck without manipulating your neck. There's there's a lot of muscle techniques you can do. There's an activator technique which is very gentle. 
So is spinal manipulation of the neck dangerous? I don't think so. Um, but you have to assess the person. You, you have to do a proper history. And the most important thing is that you have to educate them uh, so that they fully understand and inform consent. They have to consent to the process. They have to be 100% comfortable. Even if there is a 0.1% chance, they wrap up, I'm a little bit afraid of this. You know what? We're going to do something else. Is the neck the focal point, do you think? Is that where you're getting your greatest number of people having to have something done in their posture? Uh, oh, for in terms of posture, it's usually the upper back. You know, most of my most of our patients, I would say, is 50-50 low back patients, and the other 50% are, you know, upper back tightness and postural issues. Okay. But when, if it's strict posture, a lot of times we're focusing on, you know, their upper thoracic spine and their cervical spine, yeah. And, and this can lead to headaches, correct? Bad posture? Yeah, 80% of headaches uh, actually are tension type. It's like the triangle of tension right uh, at the back of the neck. So the more forward you go, the more, the more strained your muscles are because the body likes to be upright. So the more forward you go, your muscles are working harder. They're more in a state of spasm. They're more annoyed. And that increases the tension in that area. And yeah, 80% of headaches are tension related. So definitely posture and headaches go hand in hand. Okay, okay, that's awesome. Now you are doing a series of talks called the Logical Health Talk. What is that all about? Yeah. Logical Health Talk is just a, it's just a logical conversation. Like today I'm here at uh, Ceridian just to remind them of simple practical tools that if they implement today, they'll be healthier tomorrow. So I always say there's nothing magical about these talks. These are things that you already know. I'm simply here to remind you of them because life gets chaotic and you may forget. So it's just a series of talks that we created that we talk about posture, we talk about your mattress, we talk about your pillow, and we remind people, listen, it's not complicated. You just need to be aware of it. Do these simple things and guarantee tomorrow you're going to be a little bit better. And if you continue these patterns, you're going to have a better week and a better month and a better year. Logical talks. That's, you know, sometimes we, we do, we get so caught up in things, we forget the logic of, of not just exactly. posture, of everything. So I think exactly. it's, and you go from corporation to corporation talking to staff about this? Yeah, honestly, it's, it's my passion. I love speaking. I think it's fun. And I think anytime you, in, in an hour you can have a positive impact in a person's life, it's, it's so rewarding for me as a practitioner. And it's something that we actually... Uh, we'll do anywhere. It doesn't have to be at a corporation. I've done them in yoga studios. I've done them in, in nursing homes. Anyone who wants to hear the talk, I'd be happy to come down and give that talk. Well, nursing, okay. Th- that brings up another subject. Can you be too old to have chiropractic work done? I, don't, I never believe in too old. Absolutely not. You just, you know, if a person, I, had a, I have a 98-year-old patient. Now, obviously, I deal with their body differently as opposed to if someone's like 23. There has to be a little bit more precaution in terms of certain things that we can and cannot do. But you're never too old to get treatment. You can. There's always room to improve and always room to get better. And if someone came to see you, would this be an ongoing series of visits, or is it, you know, generally speaking, just give me a, you know, a generalization. They see you for an intake. You work with them. How many times before you send them on their way and say, now you're ready to go out into the posture world, and here's what you need to do. Yeah. So our our, our posture our postural correction program is basically three months. Uh, there is three disciplines that we involve in the process. Myself, a chiropractor, our physiotherapist is heavily involved to assess deficiencies and weaknesses in the muscle. And their role is to strengthen those areas and our fascial stretch therapist. So his job is to make sure, you know, the muscles are loose and relaxed. So the three of us work together over the course of three months to take a person from what could be better posture to a state of, you know, a much more ideal situation. But if it's a pain-related issue, I always say it all depends on the person. We have a patient come in on a Monday, and I say, you know what? You can come back and visit us any time you need us. And if it's more of a chronic thing, then, of course, there needs to be a little bit more work. All right. And this can go right from the high athlete that can help improve their, their sports. So the posture can, uh, you know, change in posture can affect so many things, not just, uh, not just everyday Absolutely. life, but performance on, on the field or on the ice rink. And, and Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anytime you encourage... Uh, Symmetry, balance, your body is going to be in a more relaxed state. Okay. Okay. So you're well, being much more efficient. Yeah. Then I get, that's the point of it is getting the efficiency, especially if you're an athlete. We're, we're, we're kind of going from the older person to an athlete, but posture sure. uh, affects everything. And uh, it's important. Absolutely. It's, it's important for people to understand that, um, that this is an important part of health. You know, and, and how stress plays into it. You know, I always it always seems to circle back to stress. 
But, um, you know, listen to what Dr. Raff has said. Try and do a semi-assessment of yourself and see see where you, you might need some help and try and incorporate some of the tips that he's he's suggested to you. And he's going to end off the show with, with another final tip. If you could do that, Dr. Raff, for our listeners. So my final tip of the day is that um, you can you can easily change your posture. You just must make the conscious effort just to be aware of it. And if you can bring that awareness every single day and change the patterns around you every single day, you don't actually need to see any health professional. So our goal with these talks is to empower you and, and, and hopefully you take something from this, from this, from this one hour that we had to, to, to apply these simple things that you can do just to be, just to be healthier. You don't even actually need, need to leave your house, but just you need to be have, you need to have that conscious awareness. That's great. Now, if you would like to get a hold of Dr. Raf Ever to see him, now he's located in Richmond Hill, Richmond Hill Total Health. Uh, you can visit his website at rhtotalhealth.ca. He is also uh, on LinkedIn, Dr. Raphael. And you can contact us if you want any further information, and you can hear the show definitely again. But also, if you are interested in having him speak his logical uh, health talk series to, uh, do you do groups of people or is it strictly corporate? No, we do. We, we, I just say we need 10 people, just 10 people. That's okay. our only criteria. So small or large group, if you're interested in any of uh, the information, as I said, or to have them come and speak with you, do contact us or contact him, www.rhtotalhealth.ca. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Dr. Rafa. It was a great pleasure to have you. And to Kathy, our listeners. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, we will talk to you next week. Have a good week. Take, take care, everybody. Listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.